Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Colossians 3 and verse 1, this is Paul speaking to the church. He says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Who's grateful for that today on a Sunday morning? That your life, because you're in Christ, is with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And here comes the instruction. Here comes the pastoring from Paul. He says this, So put to death, therefore, what is earthly within you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, from your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But listen to it, Christ is all and in all. I want to preach a message today called Spiritual Blockers. Spiritual Blockers, part one. Come on, write it down. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, you can write it down. We've got journals in the storehouse. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, thank you that it always speaks life into your people. Father, thank you as we come under the authority of your word today, Lord, as we take the instruction that Paul was giving the early church, Lord, we can take it for ourselves. Then we can allow it to to shape us and mould us and to help us, God. Help us to be better Christians, Lord. Help us to grow. Help us to, to be what you've called us to be, God. And Father, we just thank you that that's what's happening right now. Holy Spirit, we're grateful you're here and you're ministering to us and you're showing us things and you're pointing things out to you, giving us a greater revelation of Jesus for ourselves. Lord, we thank you for that. And we pray for colonial kids and all in worship today, Lord. Thank you that it's not just about daycare, but it's actually leading to an all in life for our kids. And God, we thank you for that. Thank you that you're raising up a mighty generation of Jesus followers. And we all said, amen, amen. Amen. Online, come on, why don't you type in the chat, amen. Let us know that you're there. Verse two, set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth. Paul paints a picture between two realms, the natural realm and the spiritual realm. Let me read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says this, Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. The natural and the supernatural. The natural and the spiritual They have many parallels. There's a lot of similarities. Then more than we often think, the longer that I'm a believer, the more I realise there's two conversations going on at all times. 
There's the natural conversation, which because of our natural realities, we perceive and we see and we feel, we understand and we, we look at probably is the first point of call, but there's always a second conversation in parallel to the natural and that's the supernatural. That's the spiritual. There's always two conversations and it's incredible how much they're linked. It's incredible how you can look at a natural situation and say, oh, well, that's that. But with the spiritual and with our spiritual lives, we can discern through the Word of God, the filter of the Word of God and understand there's actually a supernatural or a spiritual thing going on as well. The spirit realm is real, but also so is our natural realm. But they do both exist in the natural For example, using this analogy of a body, our bodies are natural bodies, but our natural bodies require certain things. I'll give you a few examples. I mean, just think about it for a second. Our bodies, we need uh, oxygen. We need to breathe, to function. Every day we should wake up and thank God for the breath in our lungs because our natural bodies need oxygen, need to breathe. What else do we need? We need water. Our bodies need water. We need to be hydrated. I know I need to drink more water. Have you, ever, have you noticed like just in the last like five years, it seems like everybody just needs to drink more water? Is that, or is that just me? Everyone's drink, walking around with these massive drink bottles all the time. That didn't happen when I was a kid. No one cared. You just went to the bubbler at school. That's right. That's what it was called in Australia, a bubbler. What do you call it here? A water cooler? Huh? Water fountain. There you go. Water fountain. Anyway, bodies need water. We need water to become hydrated. Something else that bodies need absolutely is we need blood. We need blood flow. We need blood to flow and circulate around our natural bodies. And this is what causes our bodies to exist and to grow. But what happens if there's a blockage and these natural elements are hindered or held back or not working the way they should? What if there's a blockage in oxygen, a blockage in uh, receiving needed water? What if there's a blockage in blood flow? Not only will it stop things from growing, it could be catastrophic, could stop things altogether, could mean death in the natural sense. See, any blockage naturally is going to impact in a negative way. Now I want you to think about the spiritual life, the spiritual element, the spiritual conversation, the spiritual parallel. What about our spiritual lives? Could that same thinking, mentality, approach be applied to our spiritual lives as well? I wonder what could hinder us, hold us back, draw us back, block us from the free-flowing life that we're called to have in Jesus Christ. Could there be things that, could hold us back. I wonder in your own spiritual life, could there be something hindering, holding you back, potentially blocking you from living the life that God is calling you to live right now? It's a spiritual block. It's a spiritual blockage that could exist. This is what Paul tells the Colossians. He says this. He says, anything connected with the old way is in the way said anything that's connected to your old way of life, the old way that you used to live, your natural way of living, anything that comes from there in your new life is just getting in the way. It's become a blockage. It's hindering you. It's getting in the way of your new life 
in Christ. Let me read the same passage, but in the message translation, it's what it says. It says, and that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Killing off everything that's connected. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like when you feel like it and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. Welcome to 2021. That's worth reading again. Doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. (laughs) We're not called to live like that. We're called to live according to the Word of God. We're called to to live according to what He says. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better, but you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. All the blockages, and he lists a few for us. He says bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, and dirty talk. If it's part of the old way, then it's in the way. So I wanted today, if I could, just for a moment, to give us three potential spiritual blockages that could exist in our walk. Three potential blockers. Okay, and I want you to take these and I want you to maybe apply them, see if there's, you know, something going on for you. I believe that each one of these are gonna speak to you in different ways and God's gonna show you things. The Holy Spirit's gonna illuminate maybe one or two things about it, but I gotta start with the top. The number one spiritual blockage that can exist in a believer's life is this, sin. Okay, write it down, sin. How awesome is it talking about sin? Said no one. But the truth is this, sin is sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. I think I said a couple of weeks ago, if we don't call sin what it is, then there's no need for forgiveness. If we don't call it what it is, then what's the point of the cross? Sin is sin. It needs to be dealt with in our lives. The good news today is Jesus has taken care of all sin. He's taking care of all sin in our lives. But this can become one of the biggest blockages in our lives, in our spiritual life. It can be the blockage of sin. You know how you're truly saved? I know we we know what it says in the Bible. We know what it says. But the way that you can really know when it comes to your journey, your walk, the way you walk your life out when it comes to the Lord, you know you're saved because you desire to please and serve God more than you do to sin and serve the desires of your flesh. That's how you know. You come to a point where it's just like, God, I love you more than I love this. I love serving you more. Jesus, you are worth too much to me for me to go this way. I wanna go your way. That's how you know. But sin has a way of dragging us, of pulling us back into the old way of doing things Listen to what Paul says. He says, It wasn't too long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. I've told this story before, but before I met Jesus, I used to cuss like a sailor. I know it's hard to believe. I look very put together, very holy, very moral. I didn't know any better. That's the point, is I didn't know any better. I mean, there was probably some version of morality in my upbringing when my parents said, hey, language, speech, this sort of thing. I went to school where you weren't allowed to do that, whatever. But I was 19 years of age. I didn't know any better. But 
But isn't it interesting that after meeting Jesus and deciding to surrender ownership of my life to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit coming to live in my life, all of a sudden, I had a problem with it. All of a sudden, I noticed it as sin. I recognised that it wasn't right. And then I went on a journey of figuring it out and walking in sanctification, holiness, dealing with it. But isn't it interesting that one day I didn't know, I get saved and the next day I knew. See, that's what Paul's saying. He says, it wasn't that long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now. And he goes on, he says, so make sure it's all gone for good, bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity. Look at it, dirty talk. See, sin, it's a blockage in a believer's life. What am I talking about when I'm talking about sin specifically? I'm talking about that premeditated sin, that unaddressed thing, that habitual sin that you just keep going back to. Can I just encourage you? We gotta deal with it because it can potentially become a blockage in your life. Sin gets in the way from things like this, hearing from God. It can get in the way for in your prayer life, praying to the Father. Sin will get in the way when it comes to discerning God's will for your life. Sin will get in the way when it comes to walking in the fullness of grace. This is ultimately what sin does. It will leave you feeling like there is something between you and God. Listen to me, there's nothing between you and God, but it'll leave you feeling like there's something between you and God. That's the problem with sin. That's the problem of the potential blockage of sin in our lives. It leaves us feeling like, oh, there's something between me and God. The point is this, Jesus has taken care of your sin. Now you get to walk in freedom. You get to walk in everything that God's got for you. But we've got to be believers that address these things, address these blockages. That's the point of Jesus being in your life. That's the point of having the Holy Spirit because He comes into your life. He helps us. He shows us. And then He walks with us as we remove the blockage in Jesus' Name. What did uh, Pastor Bob say this morning? That verse is so beautiful. It says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. See, yes, this is potentially a blockage, but I love it that God has given us what we need to overcome the blockage. If sin is the block, repentance is the answer. Repentance is the answer. Acts chapter three and verse 19 says, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. Listen to 2 Peter chapter three, Peter's beautiful pastoral encouragement to the church. This is what he says. He says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. I wanna stop there and say this. If you're dealing with sin in your life and you're feeling like it's a struggle, can I just encourage you? God's not mad at you. He is patient with you. He is walking alongside you. He is working with you. He has patience and grace for you today as you work through that struggle, as you determine in your heart to deal with it, to remove the blockage. And he goes on and he says, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I.e. get to the place of repentance. So if you're working on your way, can I just encourage you? This should put spiritual uh, battery power in your walk today because God is patient towards you and He desires for you to overcome. We are all called to live lives of repentance before the Lord. Let's never get to a place where we think we don't need repentance in our lives. We absolutely do. So if repentance is the answer, here's the help. The help is to walk in the Spirit.
to overcome the, the blockage of sin. Galatians 5, I want to give you two, two verses. Galatians 5, verse 16. It says, but I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There it is right there. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, the desires of the Spirit against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What's the key to overcoming sin? I believe it's repentance and walking in the Spirit. A, a continual repentance. Oh man, I messed up. I'm, I'm dealing with this thing. I'm, I've, I'm acknowledging it before you, God. I'm choosing to change my way. Holy Spirit, help me overcome. So number one, blockage that can exist is sin. Number two, blockage that can exist is pride. And if you don't think you need to write pride down, you need to write pride down. <laughs> Got ya. It's pride. Pride is an absolute blockage in the way of the spirit life. Pride is saying, God, I've got this. I don't need you right now. Pride is saying, God, you've helped me out before, but I'm feeling pretty good on this one. Why don't you just take the bench? Pride is saying, God, I'm good here. I don't need you. In other words, pride gets in the way. But the problem with pride is the Bible's pretty clear about what happens when pride comes in. Proverbs 15 and verse 25, the Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundaries. Other translations talks about the path of honour, the low path, that God maintains those boundaries, maintains that life, helps those people, but he tears down the house of the proud. You know, King Saul had a ma major pride issue, major pride issue. And it's interesting that when you read the story of Saul in 1 Samuel, it's interesting how things were good and then all of a sudden things were not good. All of a sudden it was like more about, it was, it was not so much a God story, it became Saul's story. Pride started to come in. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, the Word of the Lord comes to Saul through Samuel, gets asked to go and fight a, fight a battle, the Am Am Amalekites. <laughs> But there's an account that God's settling with these people. It's got nothing to do with Saul. But God's using Saul, the chosen instrument at the time, to go and fight the battle. But he says this in verse 3. He says, Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man, woman, child, infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. That's what God says through Samuel. He says, This is what I want you to do. This is my way of doing things. And then the battle happens. Obviously, Israel comes out on top, but look at how it ends in verse 7. And Saul de defeated the Amalekites as far as Shur, which is the east of Egypt. Look at verse 8. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and devoted to destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the oxen and of the fattened calves and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. In other words, they disobeyed. All that despised, was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. In other words, Saul did what he thought was best and pride got in the way. And we know how the story ends. God rejected Saul, rejected his kingship, 
rejected him. Um, and obviously we know that David was the next anointed king, but this is the point, is Saul decided that it would be his way. So that's what pride does. Pride leads us to a place of saying, you know what, God, I wanna do it my way. You know what ego really means? It means edging God out. Doesn't actually really mean that. I just made that up, but or I heard it somewhere. But that's what happens with pride and ego. It leads us to a place where we think, God, I've, I've had some success. I've won some battles. I've had some victories in my life. I'm actually pretty good now. And I pray that we as a church would always seek God for the answers, that we would always look to God when it comes to direction, that we would always be a church and be a people, that doesn't matter how successful, how good we get, how things look, that we would be people that don't let pride creep in, but we would be people that look to heaven and say, God, you know, no matter what you've done, we still choose to look to you. Give us the answers, give us the instruction, give us the word, give us the correction, whatever it takes. Let's be people that don't let pride creep in because pride is a blocker. What does it block ultimately? It blocks us from close proximity to God. So my question today is this, are you prideful in some area? I believe that all of us in some area are dealing with this. And we always feel that struggle. Are you doing things your way, not God's way? I wonder today if you think in some area, maybe you've got it all worked out. Well, I got good news today. Because if pride is the blockage, humility is what releases that blockage. Humility is what helps us free up that blockage. Again, I wanna use Peter, 1 Peter chapter five, his instruction to the church, pastoring the church, new believers, he says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. I believe that's natural and spiritual. It says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, the thing about humility is that it seems like the lower path, but you know it's the better path. I remember being in the business world before I went into full-time ministry. I worked in the financial industry and the, the business world was kind of my thing. And I remember seeing fairly quickly there was this culture that existed where you had to be the smartest person. You had to know everything. You had to be the smartest person in the room. And if you weren't the smartest person in the room, you never said anything. Because if you said anything and you were wrong, then you were seen as not the smartest person in the room and then you were made to feel bad. But I recognise this was just pride. This was just like the opposite of humility. And there was a moment, a step change in my, in my journey as a business person where I was like, you know what, I, I'm not learning anything here. I'm, just, I'm not saying anything, so I'm not learning it. So I started to ask questions. I took the low route. I took what, it didn't matter what it took. I just needed to start learning some things. I decided to put pride. I decided to swallow my pride and start asking questions. You know, everything changed for me. In that time of my life, that season of my life, I began to learn. I began to find things out. I began to excel, get skills that I didn't have before. It unlocked so much in my life because I was willing to take a low road of humility. I believe that road, it teaches you things. It shows you things. God uses it. But pride can absolutely block it. So number one, potential blocker was sin. Number two, pride. Number three, as the team comes and joins me, comparison is a blocker. And I believe this is the single biggest one in our generation today is comparison. It's a spiritual blocker. 
It's a spiritual block. Paul's speaking to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm just going to take a second and read it. But he starts talking about some of the allegations that have come against him. In verse 7, he says, Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is Christ, let him remind himself that just as he is Christ, so also are we. Level playing field. He says, For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be ashamed. I do not want to appear to be frightening you with my letters. For they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is of no account. He's responding to the allegation, the criticism. Verse 11, let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. Verse 12, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves, comparison, it says with one another, they are without understanding. Another translation says they are not wise. This is what I've found when it comes to comparison. Is comparison always leads to a fork in the road. And one side of that fork, it's when comparison sets in, that one side of that road, you start thinking, man, I'm looking at that person, I'm comparing myself to that ministry, that pastor, that business, that, that family. And I start to compare myself and classify where I'm at. And all of a sudden, it leads to a place of me thinking potentially, oh, I'm actually doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, I'm living in a sense of pride. I'm better than those people. That's one side of the road. The other side of the road is as I compare and classify myself, it leads me to an inferior position where I feel like I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I don't have what it takes. And that leads to insecurity. There's only two places. You either compare yourself into a prideful place or into an insecure place. That's why comparison can be a blocker in our journey. Comparison has the potential to rob us when we compare ourselves. So today, let me ask you again, are you comparing yourself with the blessing of someone else? Are you comparing yourself with the opportunity that someone else has just recently got? Are you comparing yourself with the blessing of another person? See, we live in an age with social media where it's all about the highlight reel. It's all about the highlight reel of someone's life. The problem is, as believers, we're called to see people's entire movies. We're, in we're, 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 we're called to live a greater life, to understand the story of someone's life. And what comparison does, it makes you look at just the highlight reel and say, man, I wish I had that opportunity. The problem with that is you haven't seen the valley moments. You haven't seen the struggles along the way. You haven't seen the sleepless nights and the tears and the struggle to get there, the breakthrough moments. See, that's what comparison does. It robs you of so much. But ultimately what it does, it robs you of the joy that God has got for you right now. You think you're worse off, not as good, don't measure up. So you become insecure, you doubt, you question the will of God for your own life. That leads to insecurity. You start to question, is God really working with me? Is God, does God really love me? Or you lift yourself up in such a way you think you're better. You think you've done more right than someone else. Self-righteousness starts to creep in. But we're all righteous by the blood of Jesus. But it can lead to pride, meaning, oh man, I've got it all together. I've done it all right. I'm doing great. Man, I'm so awesome. But the Bible says that path leads us to a place of not being wise, lacking understanding. 
classifying ourselves and comparing ourselves. I wanted to give us just before I finish a couple of ways to turn comparison upside down because here's what I truly believe. Comparison is a killer. You know, in the church world, there's, sometimes there's comparison. People are like, oh, that church, this church. You know what? There is no comparison in the body of Christ. We are all doing one thing. We're trying to see as many people save and come into the Kingdom of God. The Gospel go forward. There is no comparison. And when you pass a church on the way to our church, can I just encourage you to pray and ask that God would bless them. Ask that they would take ground for the Kingdom of God. Ask them that they would do an incredible job. God would give them resource and people and provision. There's no comparison here. So how can we turn comparison upside down? Well, this is what we can do. You know, first off, you can give thanks for that person. That business, that ministry, that thing that you're comparing yourself, the first thing you can do is just give thanks. It's amazing how a grateful heart and a grateful spirit will just turn comparison completely upside down. And you start thanking God, man, God, I'm so grateful that they're saved. I'm so grateful that they're in the family of God. I'm so grateful that you've, you're working in their life just like you're working in my life. God, I'm so grateful that you're working in them and you're helping them, you're showing them. Just begin to pray for that person. Just begin to ask God to bless them. The other thing we can do to turn comparison upside down is, is to remember there is a story here. It's not just the highlight reel. There's a journey that someone's been on. This person's life is a pilgrimage from start to finish. They've been on a journey. It helps put things into perspective. And then I think the best thing we can do is pray that God would bless them in an incredible way. And it's amazing how when you have an issue or you're comparing someone, you ask God to bless that person, it suffocates the flesh. And the Spirit comes alive. And all of a sudden it's kingdom mindset. All of a sudden it's grace mindset. All of a sudden it's, oh God, you're working in their life. Forgiveness comes in. Bitterness doesn't have a chance. Turning comparison upside down. Let's just remember comparison will kill joy and kill opportunity, kill blessing. I just wrote this thought down and maybe this is for someone today, but and maybe you just need to write this down. But what I'm doing in my season right now is the greatest thing for me. What I'm doing right now in my season is the greatest thing that God's got for me. Because it's true. And you might be like, well, it doesn't feel that great. Well, God's got amazing things. and He's taking you places. But the thing that He's working with you on right now is the greatest thing that you can be a part of right now. And as we lift our eyes to other places and start seeing other people's opportunities, we take our eyes and our focus and our energy and our passion off the very thing that God has for us. When they say the grass is greener over the other side, it's not true. The grass is greener where you water it because you have grass and God gave it to you. That's your focus. And God wants to give it to you. So what's the answer for comparison? Ultimately, is to understand and get a reassurance today that God has got the perfect thing for you. What God has for you is perfect. Online, what God has for you is absolutely perfect. The call of God on your life is like a custom-made fitted suit. And if someone else tries to put it on, they're gonna look silly. And if I try to put on someone else's perfect custom-made suit slash calling from God. I'm going to look silly. We're all just going to look silly. And that was the point that Paul was making. Just remember what God is doing with you in Jesus' Name. Would you stand with me? Just as I finish, I want to read one more Scripture. 
And I really feel like this one comparison is one that a lot of people are facing, a lot of people are dealing with. But it says this in John chapter 10, I'm reading from the Passion Translation in verse nine. Jesus says, I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom and satisfaction. I just wanna stop for a moment. I wanna say those words again. I want them just to wash over you today. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness, listen to it, until you overflow. I'm believing today for the overflow. I'm believing for your life, the overflow as you decide to maybe remove some of these blockages, as you decide to address some of these things that it will lead you to a John 10, 10 place, a place of abundance, a place of overflow, a place of understanding and a revelation that God is wants to give me everything in abundance. The very best thing, that's what He has for you. Don't let the enemy for a moment tell you that God's got second best. He's only got His best for you. He's only got the abundance for you. He's only got the overflow for you in Jesus' Name. So what I'd love to do just for a moment is just, if everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes, just if you're dealing with comparison in any way right now, I just feel like that's the one that I need to talk about. Pray on, pray for people for. If that's something that you're dealing with, just shoot up your hand. Comparing with blessing, opportunity, relationships, financial comparison, even spiritual comparison. You feel like someone else hears from God and you don't. Feel like someone else is doing better than you are and you're not. I just believe potentially the, the enemy is trying to rob you. And as we pray, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to remove that blockage. It's going to lift it right out of you. It's going to be like spiritual surgery. It's just going to be gone. Holy Spirit, you see all the hands that are raised across the room. Spirit of God, we thank You that You come and You bring life, You bring freedom, You bring grace, You bring truth. Father, I just thank You right now that you, Your will for people's lives is for us to live free in the Name of Jesus, by the power of Your Spirit. So God, I just ask right now that You would remove the blockages that exist in our spiritual lives. Take them away, God. Father, we choose to open up our hearts to You, Lord, for You to come in and do surgery in our spirits. Help us to remove sin. Help us to remove pride. Help us to remove comparison that's trying to rob us of blessing. Help us to remove the things that are trying to get us to focus away from You. And God, as You do that, as You help us have the courage and the strength, Holy Spirit, to focus on those things that's gonna turn our eyes heavenward to a heavenly Father who loves us like no other. In Jesus' Name. Come on, let's sing. Let's worship God together right now. Picture in my mind of when I discipline my children, and you know, I in love correct things in their lives, and and I sit with them, you know, face to face, and I look them in the eye, and I say, I love you. We need to talk about what happened. You know, it's this isn't healthy for your life, and so mom, mom needs to like help you see what's going on right now, so I can help you move forward, right? You know how when you've been corrected in love, and you look somebody in the eyes, and then. When we finish this moment of like, hey, let's let's address it. You know what I always do and what Matt always does is I just wrap them up in like a giant hug. 
and I hold them and I'm like, I love you. And I, I think you're awesome. And like, I know that we've, we've got things we've got to work on, but you are amazing and I believe in you and I'm proud of you. And I just really sensed that the Father was wanted you to know that this morning, that sometimes we sit with him face to face and he's like, hey, there's some things that maybe this morning I just wanted to highlight in your life. And we're going to move forward and we're going to work on some things. And this, you know, I love you too much to leave you where you are today. But what I sense as we're singing is that he's, this is his wrapping his arms around you. And this is the, hey, I can just lean in and I can rest and I don't have to strive and I don't have to fight. I, I can actually just embrace that God loves me and he's just gonna highlight things to me. He's gonna help me move forward. But really at the end of the day, what he wants me to know is that he sees me and he's proud of me and he knows I'm not perfect, but he just, he's my dad and he wants to know that, that he's got me no matter what. And at the end of the day, he's just gonna wrap his arms around me. So why don't we sing that again? And with that image, you know, Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.